And we are live for the 103rd episode of the Bronx Bomber Babble Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Luigi, and tonight, just Andrew and I. Andrew, how we doing, dude? What's going on, man? It's been a while. Nice yeah, to be it's back. Been a, it's been a couple weeks. It's been a couple weeks. Obviously, you know, ba- playoff baseball has been going on, and when the team you host a podcast about is not in those playoffs, there's really not much to talk about. But World Series just wrapped up. Congrats to the Atlanta Braves. they beat the Houston Astros in six games. I mean, we're going to kind of start off talking about the World Series. Obviously, we're going to get into all the player options. All the, Obviously, Corey Kluber and Anthony Rizzo are officially free agents right now. We'll, t- we'll go into what we think that's going to happen with them. Um, obviously, I mean, shit, few hours, literally a few hours before when we're recording this right now. It's 1030 Thursday night. A few hours before we start recording, we found out that Brett Gardner... Uh, club option and player option both declined, so he's a he's a free agent now too. Now he still could be back, right? We don't know. He, the, he, him and the Yankees have a very good relationship, so I wouldn't be surprised if Gardy was indeed back in 2022. But for now, Gardy's future is a bit up in the air. It's kind of threw me for a loop, but yeah, we'll get all into that. But Andrew, uh, what'd you think of the playoffs? Uh, I know we both. I think I think I could speak for both of us when I say I, I tuned out a little bit. Like I always tune out like a little bit right after the Yankees get eliminated, right? You kind of just you just you just don't want to watch baseball, right? You just make you just look at teams, especially when it's the Astros and Red Sox battling out in the ALCS, right? It's it's just not ideal. But we still, I think most of our chat, most of our blog, watched most of the playoffs, and it was a good postseason. And like I said, congrats to the Braves. They had. They had a wild season, uh, very reminiscent of when the Nationals won, how they kind of started off shitty and then got hot, and they're champs, and both teams beat the Astros. So, yeah, what would you think of the postseason, Andrew? I, I definitely agree with what you said uh, in terms of you, you kind of mentally check out right after the Yankees are eliminated. Uh, it's, it's been such a good – it's just been such a fun season just outside of the Yankees. A lot I was about of to say, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, there's a lot overall, of young yeah, players, a lot of – Right. A lot of up-and-coming teams, and I kind of told myself, you know, if I had to pick two teams who I'd like to see win it all this year, uh, let's go with the White Sox, because they're playing the Astros, and I think they're a fun team, and the Brewers, just because, yeah, just be different, right? And immediately, they got eliminated in the first round, too, so I was like, ah, oh, jeez, I'm just kind of out of this, right? Uh, and kind of half-assed, you can't even root for Tampa, but you almost had to, because you couldn't root for Boston. Um, and, and we we talked about this when we did the, the Aaron Boone uh, resign podcast. It just there was just a weird vibe. Like those fuckers are gonna win the World Series again, aren't they? Like this sucks. Everything's awful. We brought Boone back, and Boston's about to win for the second time in four years. Like what the hell are we yeah. doing? And thank God we dodged times. that train. But either the playoffs, all in all, were were a lot of fun. I, I think one of my favorite moments was that game five between the the Dodgers and the Giants. That was what was a really fun game. Uh-huh. I, it was funny. I was thought I thought you were going to say the game five with the Dodgers and the Braves, where Chris Taylor hit three home runs. I mean, obviously the Dodgers still lost. Well, that that was awesome. That was too, that was cool too. Chris Taylor, had a great post. Chris Taylor probably made himself quite a bit of money this offseason, right? <laughs> we talk about picking a perfect time to just go absolutely ham in the offseason. Yeah, he has a history of doing this too. He yeah, he, he reminds me a lot of Kike Hernandez, who did the same thing for the Dodgers before he signed his free agent deal with with the Red Sox this past off season. So I wonder if a guy like Chris Taylor is a team that playoff fringe teams or teams that made it this right. year and fell short of the gold cough, cough, the Yankees maybe could go mm-hmm. out and sign. And, and one thing 
that I noticed watching a lot of these games, particularly watching the Braves, watching the Dodgers, watching even the Red Sox, right, is the Yankees were, were very top-heavy where they needed their their starting lineup to be healthy or else, like, look what happened in the wild card game. We started uh, Velasquez at, at shortstop, and it just it wasn't good. Obviously, Higgy played because Cole was pitching. There was just not a lot of depth, right? And it's okay to be top-heavy if, if those guys are healthy and everyone's playing well and you have, like, a loaded core nine players, right? Like, look at the 2009 Yankees. Like, they didn't really have that great of a bench, but all nine of those guys were healthy the majority of the year, and they played well the whole year. And it didn't matter because you didn't need the bench, right? But you look at some of these other teams, they could just cycle in guys every night and who could play multiple positions on top of that. And, and I realized, like, more and more, and we talked about this on, on the last two podcasts as well, like the Yankees lack that versatility. They lack the athleticism. And you saw guys like Chris Taylor, uh, Eddie Rosario, right? <laughs> like, there's these guys that just come out of nowhere and, and have a lot of talent and, and are big postseason contributors. I got a lot of envy watching those teams. Yeah. You know, one of the things, because, like, obviously, when you watch other teams, you just you can automatically compare it to your team. And look, one of the things I noticed, I said to myself, man, every team is faster than us. Like, literally, every team, like, you see a Rose Arena steal home, you see guys go from first to third, like that. Like, I always say this that part of baseball has just been so lost in this whole Yankees analytical movement. And not, yeah. I'm not talking about analytics in general. I'm saying the Yankees analytical movie, mm-hmm. right? The Yankees. For me, it was for me it was uh, I think it was Game Two, the ALDS between the Astros and the White Sox, and uh, Altuve scored from third on a ground ball to third base. I'm like, oh, there's no fucking chance anyone in the Yankees does that. Like, right. that's the kind of. And I get he's he's one of the elite speeds in the game, right? Uh, but you could just tell that when you see something in a big moment, you're like, no one on our team could pull that off. Something's busted. Yep. I mean, you just you realize like, wow, the the fastest guy on our team, like the biggest threat on the bases on our team this year was Glaber. And, you know, credit to Glaber. Mostly it was because he really wasn't doing anything else. He was like, I might as well steal a few bases. But yeah, we that this team did not have any speed. But look, the real story about the postseason, we're going to talk about, you know, more Yankees, obviously. But the real story of the postseason, obviously, was the, the winners, the Braves. And man, talk. It's just unbelievable how Jock Peterson, Eddie Rosario, or just like Adam Duvall. I sorry, I went blank there for a second. Adam Duvall and Jorge Soler were all not on this team at the beginning of the year. Right. It's just it's unbelievable. <laughs> all four of those guys were in the everyday lineup, right? So Soler wins the MVP. Rosario had one of the best postseason series you're ever going to see in that NLCS. I believe would he tie the record for most hits in a series at. I believe 16. Yep, Obviously, the MVP Ad- there. Yep. Adam Duvall, right? Just consistently getting big hits, playing good after. Like, that's four guys. Like, and so easily the Braves could have mailed it in once Acuna got hurt, right? All right, Acuna gets hurt. All right. Hey, that's our best player. We're not having a good year. We're like a 500 team. Fuck it. Like, well, let's Meanwhile, run it back next year, right? They could have easily, what... easily said that, and no one would have questioned it. I'd be like, yeah, don't blame you. Like, who thought the Braves were going to do shit in mid July? Well, what but was the, the stat that they had like a, a 
0.3% chance of winning the World Series. Yeah, I mean, like I think August they were 1st. like, yeah, I think they were pro- like something like 5,000 to one odds or some crazy shit to win the World Wild. Series on like August 1st. But look, like I said, it's very reminiscent of the Nationals, right? The Nationals started yeah. 19 and 30 that year. You know, mid- middle of the year, they just look like an average team. They win it all. They get hot. Obviously, a bit different. The Nationals really didn't make like the amount of trades the Braves did. But yeah, just just an unbelievable run by them. And <laughs> like you just say to yourself, man, like all like there's just because baseball has had a thing where like, you know, no one's repeated in baseball since the Yankees. Right. And 20 years ago. It's crazy. Like there's almost a different World Series champ every year, it seems like. And yeah, like it's <laughs> if this if this trend keeps up, like we're due up at some point. Right. Like, hey, what we're, we're, we got to be next on this list sometime. Right. Uh, uh, probably not though. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, what am I saying? Um, but yeah, like I said, congrats to the Braves. They deserved it. Th- thank you for saving us from a Houston World Series, or uh, you know, just like I was at the point where like I'm like, look, let's go NL winner. If that's the Dodgers, go Dodgers. If that's the Giants, go Giants. Like I don't care. Whoever comes out of the NL, I'm rooting for. Because really, I was we, honestly rooting we, for the mm-hmm. Dodgers because I didn't think the Braves matched up that great yeah, against that, the Red Sox. And I was yep. so sure that the Red Sox were going to win the pennant. Yeah, someone was like, oh, don't you want the Braves over the Dodgers? And I said, eh, I, I think the Dodgers have a better chance of beating whoever comes out of the ALCS. So I kind of want the Dodgers to win. But I'm glad I was wrong. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely tough to watch postseason baseball, especially World Series baseball, like a, a place that your team hasn't been in 12 years. That That's that's really tough. It's brutal, but, man. Yep. Moving on. Um, yeah, let's like, look. This isn't going to be the offseason preview episode, right? We're going to get a lot more into it as things progress in the offseason. Hopefully the CBA meetings go well and doesn't drag out too long. Uh, knocking on wood. Wouldn't I'm, count knocking on that. On, I'm knocking on every piece of wood in my kitchen. Um, but yeah, let's get into Guardy. Guardy opted out. I, I think we were, I think most of us were pretty surprised by that. Darren O'Day too. Um, that was also pretty surprising considering yeah. he's 39 coming off surgery and he would have been owed like 1.5 million. I don't know where else he's getting that. So that's kind of interesting, but yeah, Guardy's kind of the real story. He's going to get 1 million. That that's, that's nothing. Yeah. But, uh, but I yeah. See that. yeah, Brett, eh, I, I don't know. They, they made a whole point of him staying in his uniform after we lost the wild card game for like as long as possible. I think he did his post game interviews still in his uniform. Kind of got the vibes then that he's finally ready to hang it up. And think about how long it took us to resign him last year. And, and I get part of that was the Yankees wanted him back. He wanted to be back and they had the, the whole mandate stay under the luxury tax line. So they had to maneuver some money first for giving him a contract, but I don't know the fact that he declined his player option and it wasn't just that the Yankees because the past few years there's been it's been two-year contracts with a buyout on the second year and the Yankees have bit the bullet and bought out the second year every time and then brought him back for less this year he actually opted out himself and what was the the amount on that deal like three million if he if he took it or, or was it the same amount for for both oh no, here you go I'm on spot right now it says if 2022 player option is declined, it converts to a 7.15 million club option. Okay, so that's why the Yankees declined it because they didn't want to pay seven million. His option <laughs> was only his option was only for 2.3, but mm-hmm. I, I just I I don't see him being back next year. I think this is nah. finally the end of the road. Yeah, uh, it's I really can't see him playing anywhere else either. Like, why would if Guardy was still going to play, like he would clearly just want 
Yankees. Like, why would you want to, you know, mess up the whole like playing for one team thing, right? Just to play with some random team. I don't know. I think if he's not playing for the Yankees, he's not playing at all. Could be wrong, but we'll see. I, I think it just comes down to look, look. If Hicks is going to be back next year, we're probably going to have Gallo. Like, like <laughs> the I guess the only way that Guardy does like we don't want Guardy playing like Guardy played what 140 games this year. Like he played a lot of games. Like once again, played a lot of games. And they're like, you know what? We're not we're not going to have this. We're not going to even tempt ourselves by having to play Guardy this many games because he's not going to be on the team. So I yeah. think that's. If that's kind of the way they're going, I guess I I get it. The only the only chance I see Brett Garner in pinstripes next year is he's probably going to retire, right? And then as a coach, we we would have to we would have to get injured. No, no, we'd have to get injured, and then they'd have to call Uh, him up in May or June and be like, "Hey, are you still in shape? Can you want to play? We we need someone to carry us over the threshold the last hundred games of the year." I've seen people say that like Guardy's just going to become a man, like become the Yankees manager eventually, which would be kind of hilarious. I don't, I don't know. I don't. I, don't, I, don't I really can't. I don't has, see uh, him as. Yeah, I don't really see him as a manager type. I see him as a guy who just wants to like you know move out to like the Midwest with his family, you know, just live like a peaceful, relaxed rest of his life. Like that's like that's what I see Guardy doing. Grow a big beard. Like, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. doesn't have a neighbor for like a mile and a half. That's yeah, Guardy. Exactly. Um. Yeah, also, obviously, Corey Kluber and Anthony Rizzo, officially free agents. Um, Kluber, I think that's kind of, I don't think the Yankees are going to get him back. I mean, they just, obviously, he got hurt. He threw the no-hitter. That was cool. He looked pretty good. Like, he looked like he was getting together, but the injury kind of held him back. And I just, like, yeah, the Yankees have, the Yankees have a lot of starters. Too. Yeah, like, he's going to want some money. The Yankees, you know, they got Nestor. They got Gumby. Uh, obviously, he looked really good. They got options at starting pitcher, right? I mean, Herman, Sevy, hopefully, will be back full strength in the rotation. So, I, I don't think Kluber's going to be back. Um, let's go. Let's just talk about obviously other guys who became free agents. I mean, a lot of key names. Obviously, I mean, we were talking about the Braves before. Freddie Freeman, Jorge Soler, Eddie Rosario are all were one of three of the 160 players that became free agents. Uh, Correa, obviously, Seeger, Story. Simeon, all the big-time middle infielders, Conforto, uh, Trevor Story. I already said that. Another one, <laughs> another one, Justin Verlander. Kind of forgot about that guy, right? Obviously, yeah. he's recovering from Tommy John. He became a free agent. Mad Max like became 38. a free agent. Yep, Kevin Gosman. So there's some there's some pretty good names. Obviously, a lot of these guys um, are just going to go re-up with their teams. Obviously, that's that great happens free a lot. Agent too. Yep, Zach Grinke. Apparently, he wants to go t- uh, play in the NL. I don't know Which why. I don't yeah, I was about to say there's no. He, he just, wants just, to go to hit. Then like, yeah, that's not yeah. I was about to say like it really doesn't make a difference anymore. Um, but yeah, uh, just uh, like I said, this isn't going to be the main off-season episode. But Andrew, what are like obviously like the obvious big obvious one is shortstop, right? The Yankees are going to get a shortstop. It's it. just a matter of who, like the you know Correa. See who, who's your guy? Everyone has a guy. Some. Yankee fans want Seager, some want Correa, some want Torre, who knows. But what are some other things that you want the Yankees to do and go after? You want them to get another starting pitcher, another bullpen arm, and a catcher? We'll, we'll, there's a lot of different ways they could go. Because you, we know based on the past few off-seasons, they're probably not just going to go all out. Should they? Yes. But they probably won't. They'll probably try to maybe go for one big-time guy and then go for like two or a couple – cheaper alternative options right that's that's yeah. the thing i could be wishful thing and be like oh they should get this guy this guy and this guy but 
we all know that's not going to happen. Yeah, I've been thinking about this, and I'm actually pretty big on, on Carlos Correa. If there's a shortstop, I know everyone said, oh, you got to get Corey Seager, left-handed bat, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think Correa is, is the best overall talent in terms of he's a good base runner, an elite fielder, uh, and obviously a really good hitter, too. People are going to be Oh, what does he bring to the clubhouse? Does he screw up? But Andrew, he cheated. The chemistry. Yeah, but you know what? That didn't seem to affect George Springer. He got a huge contract from the from the Blue Jays this past offseason, right? Like, yeah. I, Garrett Cole, he was George part of that. Springer, and if you remember correctly, George Springer, I believe, was like, I think him and Marwin Gonzalez were the two that benefited most from the, the trash cans. And Correa For was sure. up there, too. But, like, I remember the according to, like, that graph that that dude who, like, went back and watched every Astros uh, game made, yeah, like Springer was very high up on the bangs per pitches chart. But yeah, and to be honest, I really, really just don't yeah, care that, anymore. Right? I mean, same same thing where like everyone was so like the Astros can't win the World Series. If they won, I would have been like, well, good for them. They proved that they didn't need to cheat, and it's annoying that they did cheat in 2017, and we are the ones who got screwed by it. But like, clearly, they were good uh, enough to win anyway. Look, like, I'm over look, that. I know there's probably multiple like we screenshot everything in the chat we have, but like look, I was during that ALCS, I was literally like hashtagging like for the H. Like I didn't give a shit. I I was like at that anyone point, with Boston, right? Yeah, yeah. like I, at that point, like I did not give a shit about anything. But the moment they won, I was like, all right, let's go brave, fuck the ass. Right, right, like, exactly. Right away. Yeah, but, no, but, yeah. well to to answer your question though, um, if we don't get one of those big prized shortstop free agents and, and you look at some of the the, the top heavy names on the, the pitching market, like you said, Max um, Scherzer is one of them, Justin Verlander. I don't think those guys have interest in coming to New York, so nah. that's probably a dead end anyway. Uh, honestly, what, what I want to see is what we talked about earlier is the Yankees filling out the roster. And maybe instead of spending $20 million on one guy, spend $8 million on three guys. I know it's a little more, but you get way more bang for your buck. Like even look at the Red Sox. I know we, we kind of left when they signed Marvin Gonzalez, who by the way, made obviously made his way back to the Astros this year and was terrible in Boston. But like they signed him uh, last year. Then they got Hernandez and Renfro this year. And we're like, what are they doing? Just a bunch of ragtag guys. And they're all, they all played really well. Right. And I think that's what the Yankees need. Uh, obviously you can't rip down the team of the studs you're not going to get rid of judge or stanton probably not going to get rid of glaber you can't get rid of dj with that contract right there's a lot of guys who are kind of locked in but i hate to say it guys like geo and Voigt, you got to find upgrades and and I, i'm i'd be okay with the yankees not getting one like bona fide star in any position but getting a lot of really good positive war players across the roster so that you have right. guys coming off the bench who who played just as well as the guy they're replacing that night, right? It's not a huge drop-off. I just had this theory about, like, offensive line. Say if you had to, like, grade an offensive line in terms of, like, you had two great offensive linemen, but the other three guys were, eh, then your offensive line is shitty because there's a lot of holes. But if you just have five linemen who are all solid, you actually have a great offensive line because there's no holes. That's kind of what you're going for. It's like, hey, let's kind of fill up these holes. Let's kind of raise the floor instead yeah, of just getting one guy and hoping – it's the old saying, right? Like, like a centipede's only as fast as its slowest leg. So, like you said, if you increase the floor, then you limit how bad the bads can be, and you elevate what your everyday performance was. Because I know you're sick and tired of the bipolar roller coaster team that we saw this past year, right? It's like we can't have it again. Like, I get the highs were were a lot of fun, but the lows were devastating, and we we we, we gotta eliminate that. The thing, like, I want the Yan- like I'm with that idea of like, hey, get let's get three guys for you know seven to ten million each, okay. But 
I just like I don't know, man. I just I don't know. And I've look, I've never been one of these people that's been like down on Cashman, right? Like I've always been like I've never been one of these people who's like, oh, Cashman sucks. This only one uh, championship in so many years. I don't know. I've think I've thought Cashman's done a very good job, but I don't know. Like I this off season, like my confidence just has never been lower with Cashman, and I just I don't know. Like I just kind of want them to go for the big names because it's like, all right, this guy's proven. This guy's good. Just get him. Like get him. Don't overthink it. Just just sign sign his name on the dotted line. Like and get it done. And like, if you we try to go for like two, what's that? Is just that like look look at. Maybe it was just the hamstring. Maybe it was the spider tech, whatever. Like, look at Cole. Um, look at look at some of the other big contracts we've given out in the past. Like, most times you give out one of these monster deals, it it, it doesn't pay off, right? Now the Phillies yeah. are are pretty content with the commitment they gave to Bryce Harper. I would say the Padres are pretty happy with what they gave to Manny Machado. But a lot of times these giant deals don't work out, and certainly not for the Yankees. Um, obviously, pulling in Stanton for the first three years was 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 a bad deal. He obviously made up for it this past year. Um, with you know, they assumed most of his his Marlins deal, but I, I I'm just I still want it. I still think that's my number one option, right? To go out and get the big fish, but I I know there's a chance that it blows up in our face, and that scares me a lot. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it really it really is like a difficult decision because look, there's a lot of options at short, right? But like, look, Correa, like. I'm not sure what they have him valued as, but like Correa is probably going to get around 20 plus mil a year. Like he, he, most of these top shortstops are. It's going to be a big year. I mean, shit, man. Castellanos just opted. I know he's not a shortstop, but Castellanos stopped it out for two years, 34 million. Like that kind of told me, like, yo, I think these guys are ex- maybe expecting to get paid once the CBA gets kind of settled out. You know, a lot of these guys like opting out of 17. Like Castellanos is good, but opting out of 17 million, like that's that's a good amount of money, man. Um, I'm I'm curious what they're going to do with the with the cbt because ultimately if they can limit the penalties or change the type of penalties or raise the floor uh, maybe that changes uh, steinbrenner's willingness to spend and we, we mm. talked about Probably it not. on our last podcast how the major league average for for salaries was like in the 70 millions like 10 years ago and now it's like 130 million for every team and meanwhile the yankees is basically the same over that term. So like the hell are we doing? Maybe we are at capped out at what we're capable of spending, which is a terrible thought, by the way, if you think about that, like the Yankees have always had the financial leg up on everyone else right now that we're like, Oh, yeah. well we can't exceed 220 or 230. Like, ugh. but if, if they maybe change the penalties, maybe that resets the, the, the whole incentive of, of how we, we build our teams. We just say, fuck it. Just go ahead and spend as much money as we can yeah. get the guys we want. And, Maybe we, we, we get that, that advantage again. I don't know. Yeah. Um, we'll see. I mean, look, it's Steinbrenner is pretty stubborn. It's going to be tough to change his mind and change his ways about anything. But we'll see. Um, I'm very interested to see how they handle sticky stuff with the CBA. Like, you know, like because they have to have a more like defined more like what if they just make like a universal substance that they use that's like just right next to the rosin bag like who knows like I, i'm they got to do something though because well the like, reports I, are that they're looking into pre-tacked balls right so right. people can't use 
Exactly. Just have like a universal substance. Not like, hey, this is the substance we provide. Like it's right next to the rosin bag, or it's no, it's no, no, no. The, 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 the balls themselves are going to be pre-tacked before no, the game. No, like I, I, I'm hearing what you're saying, but like that's I was just saying my idea of just having like a universal substance that you either have on the mound or on the ball yeah. already, like just something that like everyone uses, right? Which it's we kind of thought they should have done last year, right? I, look, look what happened. Yeah. The 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 vat of injuries you had immediately after just, it. like just doing something like that in the middle of a season like it's just so and, dumb and then and now the Rays don't have glass now next year either because he yeah. blew out his UCL because he couldn't use what was it sunscreen he was using like that yeah. seems pretty harmless but when you change the rules mid season screws up pitchers are creatures of habit and you completely screwed up their habit yep yep I mean G's not on the pod but thanks Rob Manfred um, G's favorite guy we're gonna get him a Rob Manfred bobblehead for Christmas. Um, obviously, look, I think like you think Freddie Freeman's going back to the Braves, right? I mean, it'd yeah, be kind of chance he goes anywhere else. I mean, it'd be kind of tough to see him not going back to the Braves after this fourth series run they just went on. I mean, like uh, Joe Buck's in Even that home race. Say, this is possibly his last step out. I'm like Joe Buck, yeah, what are you no doing? Way. Come yeah. on, whoa. Even, look. Even if that. they didn't make the World Series, I don't think he'd he'd want to go anywhere else but there. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we're gonna have a full free agent episode probably in maybe in a couple weeks, right? Once once things start heating up a bit. But let's talk about the big man. Aaron Judge. Not the, obviously he's still on the Yankees now, but next year at this time, you know, Aaron Judge is a free agent. And obviously that's if the Yankees don't extend him before then. But look, I think that's that should be maybe priority number one. Maybe after priority number two after getting a shortstop is re-signing Aaron Judge if they're going to do it. And if they're not committed to re-signing Aaron Judge, you got to trade him. And I know that might sound hard, but like if they're not going to re-sign this guy, he's about to be 30 years old in April. Like, what are we doing? Like, you're if you just don't sign him, you're just if you're not committed to him and just going to let him go in free agency, like you might as well trade him and get a haul for him, especially coming off the great year he just had. Yeah, I don't now, I don't, I don't no, 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 no. now, my, now, my my opinion, you got to resign him, right? Like, look, I understand the injury risk. I understand he's six seven, two hundred eighty pounds, and he's about to turn thirty years old, right? Like, I I get it, I get that scary. But look, coming off the year he just had, the type of leader he is, the, and I I hate to just like bring it to this because I always like to talk about on the field stuff, but. I mean, shit, dude. The guy sells jerseys. You can't go to a Yankee game. Like, I think what what would you say if you went to a Yankee game and counted the amount of jerseys, counted five hundred people with jerseys on? How many are Judge jerseys? Two hundred people have three hundred. Yeah, like at least half, right? Like he, the the guy is like he's a star. There's no other way to put it. And like like I just said, he's coming off a year where he's probably going to finish top five, maybe top three in MVP voting, right behind Mm -hmm. Vladdy and uh, Otani. Maybe five. Yeah, I was about to say, like, Vladdy and Otani are the only two guys that are definitely going to finish above him. I can see Simeon. Simeon, maybe. Uh, but, yeah, like, look, Judge is awesome. Right? I think they need to re-sign Judge. Give, like, look, I don't think they should re-sign him seven, eight years, right? Just give him, like, a higher average or AAV and, you know, five years. Uh, five years, 180, I don't know. Just, I, I get that's a lot of money, but. I think you have to resign him like that. I don't think the Yankees are ever going to make another captain again, right? That's kind of what they've said. That's kind of the gist. But this is basically the, the captain of this team. He's the leader of this team. And 
I've I say this like every podcast now, and it's because it's always on my mind. But like, this is one of the things that the Yankees have lost. Is like they just look at baseball now as like on like a piece of paper or through a computer screen and just a bunch of numbers. They don't see leadership. They don't see grit. They don't see like all those like boomer like old timer sayings that people use. It's like look. Like, we love, like, look, we love to make fun of boomers and months and Twitter and like all, you know, pe- Yankee Facebook and all these like asinine posts that some of these people make. But you know what, man? Like at a certain point when th- these people are always complaining, it's like each year that goes by that we don't win. It's like, huh, maybe these people complaining every year are right. Maybe they have a point. Well, maybe the people aren't right. Maybe some things they're like, saying. Yeah. Like, I was about to, right, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, may, like maybe some of the things like they're always saying, maybe a lot of these complaints they have actually hold weight, have yeah. value. And yeah, like one of the things with the Yankees is just them not viewing the game of baseball through their eyes. You just have like, we always used to say that right about Joe, like binder Joe, like you're just looking at a binder. You're not watching the game in front of your eyes. And yeah, I just think the Yankees need to open their eyes realize how important judges to this team, to this entire organization, to this entire fan base and lock them up, you know, five years, right. Give them more money per year than he's worth for a couple less years. But I I think they need to do it. Yeah. I would say I would cap at six, probably not seven, just because I'm worried about him falling off hard on the wrong side of 35. Right. Just because he's so big and it's not like he can't keep himself in shape, but his body going through 162 games, going through the grind of the off season and then spring training through a playoff run. Like that's eight months. I mean, year. like I just, he's going to probably have to move to either first base or DH at some point. Yeah. Look, if he's our full-time DH at age 35 and he's making $30 million, like whatever, I don't care at that point. So yeah, maybe six, Probably not seven years. I agree. You you go a little higher on the AAV to keep the contract a year or two short. And then, look, it's the same argument I tried to make with, with Robinson Cano, and he obviously took the 10-year deal when he went to Seattle, um, obviously with the PED issue, um, bullet dodge there. But sign the shorter-term deal, take the, the little more per year, and then at the end of that contract, if you're still hitting, if you're still a valuable player, and you're the unofficial captain of the Yankees. Of course, they're going to resign you to another year or two anyway. So, like, you got to think about it that way. And, and I know that's players want to capitalize on their one big contract because they get one chance at a huge payday, right? Like, if Judge bottoms out, tears into a contract, like maybe the Yankees walk away from them after whatever that deal is, right? But you almost got to. Part of me thinks that you got to trust in yourself a little bit, right? Like, take a year or two less than you'd like with the expectation that you're still going to have some value at the end of that contract, and you could just re up, and then you'll get over the course of everything eight years of a contract that you know maybe you'll you'll pull in 200 million off that term i don't know uh, but i agree that the yankees cannot let him go and if they do then he's the one competitive advantage that we have right now like the yankees were were pretty bad to begin with last year uh, i can't imagine what they'd be without judge and can you imagine if they had to start a rebuild this year and we didn't have him on the roster like where do you turn <laughs> it's yeah, tough like, like that dude just think of like this past year this 2021 season Imagine if Judge is just not there. Like we're, we're like a we're, like I like I get you could like exactly calculate like what you could say oh based off of war if Judge wasn't there if you replaced him with a league average player we would have won this many games but like I think it would have been more just because like like I said how much of a like this is like war doesn't account for like the fact that Judge is like that voice in the clubhouse if Judge went down with like a tore ACL when we were like five and thirteen like that is like a body blow and a half to that entire yep. team. 
like that like analytics don't calculate that how all these guys emotions are how that how down everyone would be to see judge go down like that and yeah like it's crazy like it i saw like a basically someone was like letter grading each yankees offensive like year you know judge was an a i think Stanton they gave like a b plus and everyone else was a C or lower. It's it's and you look through all of it. You're like, yeah, that guy's a C minus. Yeah, D plus. Yeah, C minus. And you're like, well, yeah, wow. The only two guys that had good years were Judge and Stanton. And like even Stanton, like we talked about Stanton, he had like a two month stretch where he had like three or four home runs. Like he he was pretty bad for a good chunk of the year too. And obviously mm-hmm. he turned around. He had that huge end of the year. He had a lot of big home runs. But yeah, so. Thank God for Judge, and yeah, that's why we got to resign him, man. They, they they need to lock him up. He should not start opening day, twenty twenty two. Aaron Judge should have like a multi year contract with the Yankees. And that's the thing, though, the Yankees that. typically don't negotiate contracts with players uh, while they're still on their contract. Now, obviously, the exceptions being I was about to say, um, like, Aaron yeah, Hicks Aaron. and Luis Severino are the only two exceptions. Both of those went up in smoke pretty fast, right? Like they, they've played, I think, a combined, like, 150 games between <laughs> between the, the two of them over the last yeah. three years. So, like, that's tough. But And, and I was about to say, and, like, a, a good, a solid chunk of those are seven. <laughs> <laughs> in relief games, yeah. Oh, uh, it, it's always, I, I get it. It's, it's not what the Yankees typically do. But you're right. They do have to make sure they take care of the extension or at least open the conversation this offseason because the Yankees have, have another philosophy where they don't, talk contracts with players in season they want them to focus on playing so if he doesn't have a contract on opening day he's going to be a free agent like there's no way like they're not just going to come up with a random extension like what didn't Acuna just get one with the Braves Mm -hmm. earlier this year or maybe it was last summer I don't even remember at this point but sometimes you you see random players pop up with extensions in the middle of the season the Yankees don't do that so it's got to get done soon yeah that's why just get it done this offseason tell your team like hey we're committed to judge this is our leader this is our guy um a few more things we could touch on uh, obviously i think i've touched on this a bit earlier luke voigt um he, he's gonna get traded it, it's just a matter of time uh, i think it's as simple as that i just he's just not gonna be back at the yankees i'd be absolutely shocked if he's back next year um, well along that line then, then who's your first baseman do you go dj or are, are they we trading i think I think they're going to try to re-sign Rizzo, see if he wants to come back, see if he doesn't want too much money. If Rizzo says no, if he goes somewhere else, if he goes back to the Cubs, I could see that. Yeah, I, I think they go I'm, DJ I'm, at first. I'm torn on Rizzo just because his defense is good, but his offense isn't what it used to be, and he's already, what, 32? And I don't know. I can yeah, see just, that going. Just, pretty... an, just another slow guy in the lineup. I get it. I, I do. Um, but uh, there's another guy. I think he's a good clubhouse guy. Obviously, lefty, short porch. If he stays healthy, he should bang out 25, 30 home runs. I don't know. I, I'd, I'd want Rizzo back. I'm not going to be devastated if we don't get him back. But, yeah, I, I think they're going to tr- try to resign Rizzo. If that doesn't work out, I think they'll just put DJ at first because, yeah. Uh, like, obviously, like if we expect Freeman to go back, like there's really not a ton – like Chris Bryant, obviously more of a third baseman, left fielder. Like I could, like <laughs> I could totally. It would be a total Yankee move to get Chris Bryant and just put him at first. Like the Yankees, be like, oh yeah, you're our first baseman now. It's like totally. Let's just like I like David Cohn was actually talking because like David Cohn like is on uh, the talk of the Yankees network now, and David Cohn was actually talking about this how like when he was on the Mets in the 80s and 90s, he said like basically they would just put the teams together like all offensive minded, and every guy would just be playing out of position, and. Mm-hmm. 
he said like it was just so we were such a bad fielding team and when you're so bad at fielding it affects your offense he's like that's what happened with the Yankees this year right Glaber was so bad at short it affected his offense and it happened to a lot of guys when you're a bad defensive team you know you make an error in the field you're thinking about that error your next at bat right like that's well and not even then you're adding extra outs and every time right and I know they say it, it shouldn't matter but but it definitely does matter to hitters like every time you come up to bat and you're down three nothing in the second inning like you're playing catch up the whole game like that's right. tough and that's a tough position to be in and that's not really a knock on the on the starters um I mean it was, sometimes it is like I know Montgomery had a, had a lot of starts this year where he got bombed early and then was just nails for three or four innings straight so his line looked good but he put the team in an early hole and then they didn't get you know, all the starts he didn't have run support because they're playing from behind right from the get-go um even though he ended up going six innings three runs right it was a good start but they were down three nothing in the first and, Andrew I think 90 percent 98 percent of Jordan Montgomery starts in his career he'd been five innings two runs or six innings three runs yeah. it's just like every time it's like oh Gumby pitch yeah five innings a couple rounds yeah okay he pitched okay but he's consistent. Gotta love Gumby. Um, yeah, it's gonna be like if Voight is bad. I don't know. Like I just think there's kind of like like a bad faith, kind of like bad feels between the Yankees and Voight after like last year. He got hot. He was the player of the week. They and then they kind of just forgot about him. They disposed him. So I don't know. It's kind of it was tough too because right, weird when he, right when he was forcing his way into the lineup, they played at the Braves, so they lost the DH. And then I think they yep. played at Miami too, right? So like, yep. <laughs> what do you do? Yep. Um, anything else we want to touch on tonight? No, I think we could save a lot of the yeah uh, position breakdowns, free agent look ahead, you know, potentially talk trades um, for the offseason preview next week. But um, yeah, like we said, obviously offseason just started, right? The World Series only ended a few days ago. CBA stuff has to get shaken out. So hopefully. Hopefully we get some actual off-season action sooner rather than later. But we'll I see. would be, I'd be wary of that. I think. Yeah. If no. That, I, if that drags out. That, Andrew, uh, do you do you hear the tone of my voice when I say that? I'm like, yeah, it was a, a sooner than later. Well, look, look. You you saw the the Tucker Barnhart trade yesterday, right? So some teams may be looking to make some moves early, but I feel like a lot of teams are just going to wait to see. Like we don't want to commit. Right. X number of dollars until we mm-hmm. know what what the CBA looks like. Yeah, we're so not going to commit it, it X number be... of dollars if we we're not even sure if the season's going to start in April. So even if they do get the CBA locked up by I don't know, let's say January, optimistically, right? I think it's yeah, going to be one of the most give boring or take winter Christmas me- time. It's going to be one of those boring winter meetings ever uh, next month, just because teams aren't going to be ready to to put pen to paper, just because they don't know what the CBA looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be gonna be interesting. Gonna be interesting indeed. But for Luigi, for Andrew, this was the Brock's Bomber Battle Podcast. See and lastly, almost forgot to mention this. Buster Posey, calling it a career. Um, three time World Series champ, MVP, gold glove winner, one of my favorite baseball players of all time, right? Fellow Florida State alum. So great career buster. Uh sad to see you go. I kind of always hoped he'd be the catcher for the Yankees one day, but alas, that didn't happen. All right, talk to you guys next time.